All right. Here we go again. The Soccer Dad Pod's back. Got a carpool co-host with me. Want to introduce him real quick. Jared, you're back. How are you feeling, Jared? Excellent. Yourself? Doing great. Doing great. Tuesday, overcast, shitty weather, but uh, for the most part, solid day. Was Good. out in God's country today, out past your place. Oh, A-frame? A-frame. And on the way back, had a little mod pizza. Uh, Took a little nappy nap. It was one of those days. Good but, for you. Uh, what do you think about this tune, by the way? You like that? I do. I do like it. It's uh, it's very Mark. Electro. Yep. Super Organism is the band, If you, in case you're wondering. Band, the song is called Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Um, my kids introduced that to me. Like most of the cool stuff these days, because... You know, we tend to get in a little bit of a rut for obvious reasons. New balances. New, well, I've never gone that far south. Yeah, neither have I. No. <laughs> Zach has. He's got a few of those. Um, but we don't talk about that that much. Um, so here we are. We got we got a guest today that's going to come on here shortly. Um, and, you know, we've, we've been kind of dipping and dodging through the soccer scene here locally uh dads we've had a handful of moms i've got more moms coming up that uh not only are soccer moms but they're also yoga moms and they're irish dance moms and you know because we're all just parents right trying to figure this shit out and they tend to figure it out better than we figure it out so i figure we need to balance this thing out a little bit right yeah or maybe they're more calm and level-headed well yeah until the tumbler is uh overflowing right then it gets a little dicey or if you mess with their baby yeah no the uh the sideline chaos goes real sideways uh if mama mama bears get involved um but today's guest uh he'll be on here in just a little bit is a dad Uh, i believe they're too young yet to become or play the game uh but the dude knows a shit ton about the game, uh, more specifically, w- the game as it applies to St. Louis. Uh, was heavily involved, fan otherwise, with uh, STLFC. Um, he's an Amsterdam regular, and I believe his knowledge of the ins and outs of some of the players and uh, activity over at City SC is top of the pile. Um, and as far as I know, he does it all independently, and we're going to find out more about that in a little bit. So, good. Wanted to um, just kind of chat with you a few things. Um, so, one thing, you know, as as a podcaster, um, I have my own list of podcasts, right? And um, one in particular that Zach turned me on to is called Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Um, Pete, I believe, is a Northeast guy. Uh, he's got that kind of Jersey, New York slang going. Forget um, about it. Um, yeah, a little bit of that. But, and he's, I believe he's a comic by trade uh, and has really leaned into the podcast game. Um, and he dips in and out of pol- politics primarily, uh, tends to lean center left, left with most of his guests, things like that. Uh, good content. I mean, it's entertaining. Um, 
But I clicked on it today heading out to the chalet. And let me let me pull this up. And I haven't caught this guy yet. But yeah. when you said he which way he leans, may, may not really catch that guy very often. No, you would, because you like smart people. So <laughs> you just tend to be entertained by the other side of the aisle. <laughs> so here, listen listen to this though. Take take two seconds. It's uh Nice and brisk here in St. Louis, walking the dogs. Yeah. And just finished up your you hear that? your episode with Mara and Michael Cohen. Just he wanted to thank you again familiar. for being such a sounds very familiar, doesn't he? <laughs> during the midterms and all this shit that's going on, um, I really value your friendship and uh, your podcast and the types of guests you bring on. So just wanted to say thank you and keep it up. From a defabricated garden shed in Rockland County, New York, USA, this is Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Okay. So, you can understand my amazement as it was spewing into my ears, flying down 40. First off, I, you know, Kim was in the car with me today. I'm like, that's Zach. And she's like, no, it ain't. She's like, that's Zach, yeah. And I'm like... My initial response, my initial gut feeling was that fucker put a shout out on another person's podcast and he hasn't even called into ours. No, like. Nor did he give it a plug. No, I, he had the, all the opportunity in the world. What, I, 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 I really what appreciate everything you're doing, give, bringing sanity to the midterms. And if you wouldn't mind, tell your friends I'm on this podcast called the Soccer Dad Pod. I mean, it would have been so easy. He sounds like a kind of a fanboy there a little bit. A little bit. But they're friends. I don't know how they're friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to find out how know, they're we're, friends. We're, we're going to dig into that a little bit. But uh, our fellow Carpool co-host totally like saving the good stuff for the national talent and giving us the scraps. Um, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time he's online. He seemed out of breath too, just walking the dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you heard that he's a dog. He said dogs plural. I thought they only had one dog. No, they have two. They have two. They have two. Right. They absolutely have two. All right. They I'm, have the dogs that are um, extremely hairy. No. I like them. Both dogs are good dogs. They're yeah. but they're hairy. They're they're like you can't see their eyeballs hairy. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, but your your dog, in fairness, is at the other end of the spectrum. And weird, too. Yeah. Dude has no hair. Very short hair. Um, so, again, busy week, man. Uh, yesterday's guest, um, previous episode guest, actually, uh, Shane Stay, uh, Southern Illinois boy, played soccer up here on the east side, played with Bush, went away, played in college, went away to California, started a career. Uh, and got into writing, picked up a publishing deal with Meyer and Meyer out of Germany, and they are the preeminent soccer publication house in the world, and has two two b- books out concurrently, uh, World Cup 22, kind of like a uh, cheat sheet more than it's it's not fiction, nonfiction, it's not bio, none of that. It's literally a cheat sheet like. Here are the teams. Here's some of the history. Here's their styles. You know, it, here's their players, coaches. That's groups. it. Yeah. And then the other book is uh, uh, exclusive on St. Louis City and the history of St. Louis soccer leading up to the team. Uh, we talked a lot about that. So if you get a chance, if you if you skip to this episode uh, because of our guest today, pr- 
procuring you better than we've done previously, I would advise uh, go back one episode and you're going to get a ton of info uh, from Shane on not only St. Louis soccer historically, but a cool integration into the national team and beyond. So, Last time he lived here was when? Uh, I, you know what? I did not ask logistics as to how long he's been back, but uh, he was here, you know, uh, high school, college days. Okay. Um, we played together way back in the day. We mentioned it on the on the pod in 91. Okay. He was on uh, uh, ODP team, Illinois ODP team that we went to Holland of all places and nice. won, won the Holland Cup. So that's how far back he goes back here, uh, but he's been... Long gone for a while, came back, talked about his books. It was super cool. I so. would imagine it's just an, an enormous amount of um, uh, R&D to, to write a book like that. I mean, I'll have to listen to the pod. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, maybe it's addressed. But, I mean, how many months and years does he developing the history of St. Louis soccer? Well, I, so I think a lot of it was um, um, kind of – uh, retained knowledge, but I think it took roughly two years to uh, procure where uh, the info up to this point for the book release. Uh, two years heavy of you know calling the uh, Gettemeyers, the Gene Bakers, the you, you know all of all the, the old, players, all the old souls, all the old players, yeah. and 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 putting that all together. Good. So if interested, uh, like we, I would assume you are in soccer and St. Louis in particular. Check it out, ShaneStayAuthor.com. Uh, all the books are listed there. Was it a picture book? N- uh, no. Um, and I complained a little bit about the because I was good looking as a kid. Yeah. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Here you go, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so that went down yesterday. And coming up in the next few episodes, um, you know, we, we've been talking about this offline, behind the scenes. Uh, I think you would agree. Some of the names that we have lined up are I mean, they're just dope. Blockbuster. Call call it what it is. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome to bring them on. Uh, little clues. Uh, we have. Uh, I'm just gonna drop clue words. Uh, NFL, men's national team, um, yoga, uh, national champion, uh, World Cup. Um, all of those pertain to the guests coming up and. Uh, I, I could, really couldn't be more excited because this thing is just kind of taking on a life of its own. And thank you to everybody that's listened in so far. Speaking of, um, if you're listening to this first time, and if even if it's second or third time, uh, if you haven't yet, give us a follow. Pick pick any platform. doesn't matter. Spotify, Apple Pod, whatever you prefer. Uh, Amazon, we, we give Jeff Bezos our money too. Uh, click it, review, give us a follow. Um, that, that We would just really appreciate it. So our guest is here today. Uh, I'm going to roll us out real quick. And um, when we come back, we're going to chat some more soccer. Cool, cool? Jared, you good with that? Well, I'm excellent. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors, really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. 
If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Oh, yeah. We're back. (laughs) So we're back uh, for episode Diaz. 10. It's 10. You're getting ahead of yourself. I think, um, I, I think 10 was yesterday. I think 10. You're right. You're actually right. It's I think 11. it's DA7? 11. I think. That's like 17. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. My Spanish ain't real 11 in English. Yeah. Episode 11. As I mentioned earlier, our guest today is really a soccer guru to in a different way compared to some of the guests we've had previously. The dude just knows his shit especially when it comes to uh, City SC uh, and, and everything that's been occurring in the professional soccer market here over the past few years and has really dug deep into uh, the new team uh, leading into the March inaugural, next March, the inaugural season. Has a number of different podcasts, which we're going to ask him about in a second. But thanks for coming in today, Matt Baker. Um, really appreciate having you on, man. Always glad to take the time to talk soccer. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a hard sell. No, it's it, it's not. It's, well, it is in my house. My wife's usually like, "Shut the fuck up." Enough. Oh, there, there was negotiation that took place for tonight, <laughs> but it worked out. Well, Good. okay. Good. So, so the 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 clearly the title of our podcast is the Soccer Dad Pod. Uh, you are involved in soccer obviously. Mm-hmm. And I believe because again, I admitted that I troll everybody on social media. You're a dad too, correct? Check and check. Check and check. Uh, two girls? Two girls, six and three. Wow. Six and three. There the we go. Six year old is like in in almost preseason is is in kindergarten just just right there to peewee. Is it uh, she playing? She's doing ISL with uh, Veta. Nice. So uh, she, she's an indoor kid. Zaza. Yeah. Is, uh, they don't yeah. call it Kickaroos anymore? Well, ISL is after Kickaroos. Oh, a is it? A three-year-old okay. is in Kickaroos. Okay. Nice. So, okay. So, are you in Brentwood location? Uh, the Soccer Dome? Yep. Webster, yeah. Yep, yep. Brentwood, yep. Webster. Where, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what part of this grand landscape do you call home? Rock Hill, Missouri. Okay. All you right. know where Hacienda nice. is. You know the general location of my house. Nice. Uh, I love Amis down that way. That's good pizza. Uh, yeah, have you had Delicious. that? Yeah, I have. Delicious. It's really good. Yeah, it is good pizza. Uh, what's funny is their Chicago style. It's, it's it might fire. be better than their flat. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I lived in Chicago for eight years. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Rock Hill, we're neighbors then because I live in Webster Groves. Nice. Um, six. Let's see. Six years old. First grade. Kindergarten. She's a late bloomer. Oh, you October ha- birthday. She you're, just well, turns. Nah, see, you're a soccer dad. So you were like, eh, I'm going to hold her back a little bit. We're going to go for a little size here going into uh, her high school years. Oh, so. it'll, it'll come in handy later on. <laughs> he did the same thing. Me? Yeah. All my kids started early. I, st- I started early. I was four in yeah, kindergarten. Yeah, but, but the, the the current makeup of the team is 75% freshmen and what? what, what uh, Back what, in eighth grade. Eighth grade. There you go. Mm. He's young, though. He's the youngest on the uh, second youngest on the team, though. Third I think, it, I think it was Trip, maybe him, then Drew. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're babies. Yeah. I mean, they're huge babies already. It's the kale. Was your wife big on kale when she was pregnant? Uh, no, she was a big uh, Panini fan. 
Oh, okay. She, she was getting the cravings. Really? Oh, yeah. That's it? Nice. So, well, I, I, I want to I touch first on... Uh, give us a, give us the quick one one um, because how I how I really kind of uh, reach why I reached out to you uh, was primarily due to your role um, in the podcast world uh, because your podcasts uh, that 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 you're that I see marketed and mentioned often on Twitter etc. Um, uh, Flyover Footy in particular and then we were just talking about the other one. Tell us about your podcast. What are they and what are they about? Well, this is a much less awkward introduction to talking about soccer than normal people I talk to because they always like, are you related to the city, like the club? Are you, do you work for them? Like, what's the deal? And so then I have to go into, oh, this podcast thing. So yeah. Flyover Footy is a group of guys. We have uh, Phil Groom, Santiago Beltran, Stuart Holtgren, um, Jake B from the radio, if anybody knows him, Z107, yep. myself. And then uh, we got together a few years ago. Um, Phil Groom's used to do STL Soccer Report. Covering USL, covering right. St. Louis FC. Great. And in the St. Louis FC days, kind of recruited a few more of us who were into it at that time. And we just got together and started talking St. Louis soccer. At the time, there was it was pre-MLS for the Lou. So it was St. Louis FC through and through. Um, MLS rumors. It was just fun to get get hanging out and chatting hey, about soccer. Hanging out at Soccer Park on uh, Saturday re- nights. Yeah, exactly. In we the did. back corner of the lot by the training center. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, oh, I know those tents. Yeah, I do too. In the uh, 700 stag beer cans or PBR. Jeremy Allenball. Yep. How much did you like that guy? He was always good to me. Yeah, he was. He's a good guy. He, he, he's 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 near and dear to my heart. Oh yeah. The, but, but go ahead. Keep, what, do the one-on-one. He, he, well, wait a second, though. He looked at you like, oh, my God, what's the right answer? Here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the guy. He's always good to us. But I remember one time in particular we were traveling for the uh, Open Cup Atlanta United game. Yeah. And he, we saw him at the airport while the team was flying out and, you know, hug, personal handshake, like, you know, thank you so much for coming. He truly, truly gets it. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a good guy. He was, I believe, Central Illinois. Grew up Central. That's right. Um, he was a, he was a regular at Amsterdam too. So we we spent many a early Sunday Saturday morning uh, discussing all things highbrow about soccer in between pints of Guinness and whiskey. So um, good guy knew knew a ton. But he was he was super loyal to everybody that was around the team, uh, from the fans to the players to the parents. Everybody super respectful, and I, I liked him a lot too. Yeah, I pulled for him. Um, so you guys started Flyover Footy, kind of grew out of the STLFC days. Yeah, uh, would definitely. you say that was kind of the incubator? Definitely. You know, personally, I've always had my eye towards MLS. Like I was a huge fan of. Uh, you know, when I first moved back to St. Louis in 2011 or so, I think there was the Collinsville effort that was going on. Yeah. So pushed for that hard. Uh, MLS to STL, pushed for that hard. Got involved in all of that as much as I could. Um, MLS for the Lou. You know, diving in as much as you can because I always my goal in, was to try to be in anything from the ground level and St. Louis FC was a part of that you know trying to grow that and get that to be on on par with the Cardinals and Blues and so I kept looking for any way possible to to educate myself to inform everybody else and try to garner that support from the grassroots right yeah this was the way to do that so so you you mentioned uh pre-kickoff here um your roots you're from Washington, Missouri, correct? Uh, St. Clair, Missouri. St. Clair. Right near, right near Washington. Which is the suburb of which? I guess St. Clair's the suburb just because they, they didn't grow and Washington <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's a good way to when put we, it. When we lost out on the Walmart, I think it all went downhill. How, well, you know what, though? 
it, that's funny you say that because when you think of cities, especially in rural America or even uh, Rust Belt America, right? You think of what defines a city and what can survive. You saying we couldn't even support a Walmart? Mm. That's not as bad as my hometown. We couldn't support a Starbucks. A Starbucks failed in Granite City. Wow. Well, how early on? I mean, I think it was there for roughly a year and a half, two years maybe. It, and from what years? I do uh, 2010. Yeah, if that Starbucks is put in right now, it's supported. I think that was a bad time for anything. Uh, well, that's post 08. There's free money flying everywhere. Grant, Grant, it's just one of those towns though. It's like they're they're not going to do that. They're, they they they're, they're going to give Huck's gas station. Money for gas and just burnt to say, coffee. Screw you, Starbucks. You right? Because well, and they also probably don't have time to wait in lines. I no. think I don't think it was the twelve dollar coffee. I think it was the line. <laughs> well, the worst line. Well, you you might experience this. You ever go north on uh, Brentwood in the morning, uh, trying to head into into Brentwood, uh, and that, star- that Starbucks right there across from the the hockey rink. Talk about. I've always said if I ever run for office, my motto will simply be if you hate stupid people, vote for me. Whoever designed and put that Starbucks there, because there are cars 10, 12 deep on Brentwood. On Brentwood. Waiting to get into the, the road during rush hour, heading into the middle of the town. So Winsville's the same way. I digress. Which is not Brentwood, but it's the same way. It's all the way back. I, I, it's terrible. That's God's country, though. Everybody just sits in their car and listens to reruns of Rush, right? I think the cars are longer on Winsville because they're two fifties and they're three fifties. <laughs> and so you're saying your, car, your carbon footprint's worse because of that Starbucks in Winsville? Maybe I got it. <laughs> so, well, let's get back on topic because we will totally digress here. Um, podcast two. So podcast one is Flyover Footy. Yep. Uh, SCLFC origination, and you guys are primarily covering all things new, current. Well, actually, let's back up into that one. We didn't get that far. What does Flyover Footy talk about? Everything soccer and STL. So after St. Louis FC, you know, there's like that gray period. There's that downtime where the City Academy hadn't really spun up yet. Right. Um, so you're looking at the Gallagher U23s. Talked about SLU. So yeah. really anything that anything that would interest people if you're interested in soccer and St. Louis. So it doesn't matter if it's pro, doesn't matter if it's amateur, college. Didn't quite get down to the high school level. Didn't get didn't, didn't have to scrape that barrel, but you know anything anything in St. Louis soccer. So with so many people involved in the podcast, how do you guys uh, <clears throat> manage the topics? Is it, do you do you have kind of a digital whiteboard and it's kind of yeah. first come first serve whoever can get the guest the topic whatever bring it to the table yeah the, gr- the group chat definitely helps kind of throughout the week or we, we try to do every week or every two weeks and so as uh as anybody gets an idea you kind of throw it out there and then day of it's one somebody will do a breakdown or a rundown and it, whoever can join joins um kind of helps to keep things regular because sure. you know if you can pull in a couple different people then you're you're definitely able to keep on track more than just one or two people or yeah. two or three yeah. So you're saying you're more organized than this? <laughs> I would never say that. I mean, my notes here were just handed to me from the bar, right? They want to throw parties, and we're like, we're in. Um, so let's let's talk about your other podcast, too, because that's the one that really interests me, because I've listened to uh, uh, quite a few of them. Um, it's, it's super 
um, it's statistical. It's it's topic. So tell us what is the name of tell those listening what is the name of it and give us give us the one on one. This one's a this one's a real interesting one. So City SC Report, and it was founded by um, Steve Rusneck, who's a longtime Luligan, big soccer fan. Him and his buddy Joe Chambers, they kind of decided that they wanted to do more of like a fan news type thing, and so it started out with a podcast and a website. So they pulled in a few people who they're friends with, who they know are passionate about it, myself included. Um, I've written a few articles for the website, cityhussyreport.com. Um, done, a, done a podcast with them a few times where it's the, like an actual, you know, bi-weekly type thing where you're just talking about anything that goes on, kind of like this. Um, and, and there's a few other people who write articles or they just contribute ideas. It's kind of a big group chat occurs and you're just talking through things and spitballing. Um, and then... As that's kind of developed, you know, that was with the Academy and with the City 2 team a lot. Um, as that's kind of developed, I had an idea to tack on to that where that's great. You know, they're kind of covering the same-ish grounds. So I, I'm trying to think of, like, what what would interest people in a new and different way and provide kind of a, like a niche, right? So you guys have a pretty great niche going on where you're able to talk to a specific audience and, and provide something that's different <clears throat> than anybody, everybody else. And act like jackasses and... Yeah. Yeah. Overserve. Like, <laughs> yeah. Of course, Overserve. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so my idea in typical me was significantly more nerdy. So I had the idea of people just, you know, they don't have a lot of time. You know, an hour podcast is a pretty big commitment sometimes. Hour and a half, two hours is just way too much, especially I, I work. So yeah. I mean, what do you think about Rogan's three and a half hours? I could never get through it. Not even if I had a week. It's insane to me. I don't, I don't get how people keep up with it that often i would that's the weird part for me like i can i can understand like uh in the morning i'm a trader i like to trade i like crypto and there are about four literally 10 minutes and under daily updates of stocks or crypto listen to those you know you take an hour long get your hunch get get it all in there right yeah and so like your city sc report is typically sub 15 minutes yes um, and it's kind totally of like, by design to the point. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of like that. I tell you what I really like uh, is within your uh, within your content uh, is the updates of the academy scores. You know, because it's funny. I like that too as well. I mean, it's really kind of consolidated. It's cool. It's simple, and it's it's loyal. And I I, I really appreciate that. And actually, as a father of one of the academy players, thank you for <laughs> taking interest in our children's lives. Ditto. Um, well, one of the things with following the team and following MLS is knowing that that's how all these teams are getting talent. And, and not just from a team's perspective on homegrown talent, but with an MLS team, with a free-to-play you know, academy, you get all of the best talent. And we yeah. saw that with City. We saw accumulation of talent through Fuse and Gallagher and all these other places. And so I think it was just a perfect storm of that at the time was the only thing to cover. And so that initial group of their academy, like I, I know and love them. Like those are kids that I went and actually watched. I don't watch 16, 17 year old kids play soccer when I don't have a relation to them very often. I yeah. did for this group in their first year. And so, so when I like f- taking that, um, I just think it's, I don't know, it's almost deserved. Like these this is the future of the team that we're currently loving. So why yeah. not spotlight them? It, it's so funny because it's like coming coming from uh, being around and engaged with the music industry for quite a while and having friends that have uh, broke at different levels. When I think of the kids and I think of these academies, uh, and, and really we've already kind of experienced it uh, with Gallagher over the past 10, 20, even more years than that where 
you see these kids at these early lo- a- ages playing in the turkey day bowl and all this stuff and then all of a sudden you know you you've got a you got ted lasso writing billboards for tim ream and yeah. josh Sargent. Or, or i i remember vividly when drew started in the pre-academy days uh, out there at the park i remember going to watch a 17 18 game that was probably earlier than that jack lynn yeah you see jack lynn where where did he notre dame uh, excellent career in Notre Dame. Now he's in Orlando. I was pulling for him to get drafted in that uh, expansion draft. Yeah. I would have loved it. So, so, so l- l- let me just ask you, where did the passion come from? Because uh, clearly you love your daughters, but they're too young and have not been part of the process yet. Um, why, why soccer? Why, why, why to this degree? I mean, what, what, what triggers it for you? I think it's the sense of community. Um, so I, I grew up playing baseball. You know, I played soccer when I was younger. It was it was a sport I did. You know, parents had you do it, and so you did it. And it wasn't anything that like really drove me to make sure I watched German highlights on PBS on Sunday mornings uh, or something soccer like made that. in Germany, right? But it, it was it was something that I really think I picked up in college, where I did have friends in the dorms at Mizzou who would turn on Premier League, they would turn on Fox, you know, they, whatever was available, they would just get it, and they would have their jerseys on, and this was something that. I was just completely unfamiliar with at that time, you know, had a passing knowledge of MLS at the time, had a passing knowledge of the Premier League, but it wasn't anything hardcore like this. And so that kind of started getting the gears turning where you wake up and you just hang out with your friends on a Saturday morning after going out to party and you just watch soccer. And then it just kind of started snowballing where get get my first job out of college and all of a sudden uh, in Kansas City and all of a sudden that town's crazy for the Wizards and turns into Sporting KC yeah. while I'm out there. It, I, uh, they had the best uniforms when they started. Those oh, uniforms were phenomenal. Yeah, they 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 do. Um, I, I I was trolling them though the last few days. Oh, I loved it. Um, I mentioned it yesterday in this one. Let was me, this on Instagram? <laughs> no, this was on Facebook. I, I don't know. We we, we are Facebook friends now. That's yes. we right right. Uh, on Facebook, it was the um, wh- what's the name of the the women's team? Uh, current Casey Current Current. Yeah. They put a post out basically saying, <clears throat> uh, here it is, uh, Casey Current posted two days ago, coming soon to the soccer capital of America, right? And it was the rendering and then the the actual picture of the city backdrop. And my comment was, uh, that's not St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it took a little while, but... I, but this one guy, uh, t- Jared, you'll like this. Uh, I must have missed the announcement of your World Cup. My apologies. <laughs> that was his comment. Yeah. You know, he's a Kansas Cityan. Yeah. He's defending his turf. Natural comeback. Right. Yeah. So I just pointed out to him that we are too busy developing players that actually play in it. Hashtag Reem. Hashtag Sergeant. Mm-hmm. Hashtag STL Made. Uh, he hasn't replied back. Yep. So well, and they also have a sixty-plus thousand-seat natural grass stadium that is perfect with parking and accommodations. <laughs> we don't have a facility to hold a World Cup game here. That might be an excuse, but we don't. That's true. But I mean, let's just talk trash. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Kansas City. Yeah. It's 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 literally a far west suburb of St. Louis. We are the soccer capital of America historically. It's big girls and bad barbecue. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I, you let me let me ask you this. Let's let's stay on this vein a little bit. Mm. Kansas City MLS. Uh, we're coming into year one. Um, tons of speculation as to uh, rivalry potentials because obviously we are mm-hmm. we're five hours from just about everybody. Um, 
Who, who do you pick and why is it Chicago? Or <laughs> five hours from everybody, but none of them are in our conference. That's true, too. They're going to put us in the West, so they're, it's KC or bust. That's no fun, though. Like, Chicago and is... And KC's like, awful right now, too. Well, where, where do they finish? I just feel like would know, man. they'll they'll bounce back. They were they were I think fourth from last, but yeah. they'll bounce back. And they've had some successful years in the last decade. But go ahead. They have any World Cup players this year? <sighs> no. How about last time? Nobody did, right? I think they did have one. <laughs> I blame the Kansas City players why we didn't qualify. So I'll go with it. Yeah. See, I mean, we need we need a true rivalry because I, and it and it can't be friendly rivalry rivalry in my opinion. I think we, there needs to be some vitriol, some like. Chicago's a place to go for that. Even I, Nashville a bit with the Preds. Well, Nashville's one of those cities, much like Chicago, in, the, in so much that everybody that lives there is not from there. Yeah. And the thing about Kansas City is the majority of people that live there are from there. And they're just kind of, I don't know, I like a little bit more angst in my rivalry. I could see the rivalry be, um, and, and granted, not the same conference, but um, that crew, that that Columbus, their, their youth academy is cooking. Yeah, that's true. And... Um, that could be a heated rivalry as well. We just played them in the – what did we play? And what did our two teams – The next pro. Yeah, the cup. next pro cup. Yeah. We had, well, we had that, and then we we all traveled out for, what, four weeks ago? Yep. For the academy um, games, yeah, that weekend. Yep. So and, uh, did you notice the academy result of the our age group, uh, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew? I did uh, uh, Fire beat them 2-1. 2-1, correct. Yep. So these fire kids at, you know, because you, you've been out watching Academy, uh, not extensively, obviously, and probably not that young. Um, but you go out there like if you were to peep one of these 08 games right now, you, you look at Columbus and Chicago in particular. I, they straight up look like men. The, the average, especially up the middle, five ten and above. I mean, and these kids are eighth and ninth grade. <laughs> it's just a different world. Have you noticed? kind of the transition in the quality of the players going up you know talk 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 to that your last five to seven years what are you seeing the difference in the players well i mean it rel salt lake just signed last year a 14 year old to an mls contract mm-hmm. i mean it's there we're talking them in st louis about 16 17 year olds getting a contract with the first team a lot of these other teams who are having success in their academies are looking at 13 14 15 year olds that's the pipeline that they're looking at so it's not just quantity of the academy kids that are getting signed to homegrown deals but it's it's getting younger and younger and so it's kind of triggering that importance to identify kids younger and younger so st louis only has our academy go down to the u14 ish level where they don't compete but you know there's a u14 team they're going to have to continue that that path down and and identification from other clubs if they're going to want to compete with some of these other teams in the other other regions who are sending 14 year olds up to their first team yeah, you know, my, my opinion on that is that um, St. Louis already has two incredibly uh, successful um, clubs at developing players, Gallagher being number one, mm-hmm. Fuse being number two. Yep. Um, um, b- because here's the thing, as a dad that's actually had children go through it and personally going through it, pu- puberty doesn't hit till 13, 14 anyway. So a lot of the early identification process is cool for a uh cute stuff right a little bit of foot skills things like that um but let's let's be honest with ourselves the 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 balancing factor comes when they hit puberty and they get big when they get big or they don't get big which is a bigger problem um so it's going to be interesting or as they get bigger how do their ball skills that were developed at those young age um develop into that bigger frame 
the way they can move laterally, physically, mentally. Um, it, it's it's a it's it's a development thing at puberty. The best kid with ball skills when he hits puberty doesn't mean he's the best player post puberty. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a package deal. I was I was just having breakfast with another soccer dad the other day whose uh, son is you know he's one of those wicked talented uh, quick little feet etc. Uh, but he's he's slow to grow and his dad's a big guy. Um, you know, and he's he's joking about it. He's like, you know, the problem is you, you get 50, 60, 70 minutes in a game, and for every, you know, one step the kid he's defending takes, you know, my son's got to take two, you know, and, and that does add up. Um, let me let me ask you about this, though. Uh, Lutz is, Lutz, uh, obviously the director, um, he's come out early and talked about um, kind of flippantly a little bit, you know, a little, a little, I, I love the arrogance that he, that he puts out there, but as it applies to, um, marquee players where basically, you, you know, all these other teams, new teams in particular, they always have this marquee signing, Yep. right? A 36 year old had, you know, uh, w- world superstar, Garrett Bell, a bail and Ibrahimovic, yep. et cetera, all these other teams. But Talk about his stance, because you'll know better. I've only read the headlines, and I, and I scratch my head, but what's your thoughts on his approach to not take that approach? Well, the style that he plays really doesn't lend itself well to old legs. So that high-press system where you're you're getting – and City 2 ran this to perfection almost this season, where you're, your center backs are almost in midfield. Your wing backs – your full backs are actual wing backs, where they're just flying up the field. And so everybody who's so high up, and you have to get back so quickly. So you're running 90 minutes a game. Absolutely. That's, and, that's accurate. And when you're 35, 36 years old, and you're used to more of a possession-based system. Play through me. Yeah, you're never going to be able to adapt to that. And so the 35, 36-year-olds who used to maybe play in the Red Bull system. Sure. Well, let me, let me, let me be devil's advocate from a business standpoint. Um, if we build a team that is super high-pressed, young, fit, fast, strong, big, right, versus uh, bringing in an Ibrahimovic-style player, named player, how many jerseys would that guy sell? We'll get through the first year and see how much they win. <laughs> you know. I, I would argue that if we, I don't want to say pander, but if we market correctly to the St. Louis audience and population, Selmer Pedro could very well be that player. Well, let me ask you the second part of that question that JB asked. What I thought was interesting from Lutz, being German, already having an international flair in the group, existing with City 2, the goalie you know, from the Bundesliga, Expansion draft, five picks, mm-hmm. all from the United States. First team to do that in an expansion draft since Atlanta United did it in, was it 19? 18. 18. And it was shocking. And then they he- won the MLS Cup, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Right after. So it's shocking that Lutz from Germany picked five uh, United States players. That roster got evened out real quick. And it was, it, was, it was surprising, too, because he had just traded for three international slots. You think he's going to load up on that so he can just bring in more and more folks. That's what everybody's assumption was. Okay, so you were there. Uh, you obviously, I would argue that you probably are in the top two or three outside of the people sitting in that uh, academy center <clears throat> actually whiteboarding it. Um, grade them. You know, for a year one picks? coming in, yeah, out of the gate, this, this round, this level of draft pick, because I know there's like two, other, two or three other levels or rounds of uh, player procurement, correct? Yep. Um, h- how do you feel so far? Um, because I'll be honest, 
I know what my kids tell me. I know what FIFA <laughs> tells me, FIFA you know, in player one, right? Um, I, I love the game. I know all the teams, but it's much like uh, music. I can tell you who the band is, but I'm not very good with song titles. So tell us about the players a little bit. The ones that we draft in the expansion draft. So um, Nico Joachini, uh, 21-year-old forward from Orlando City. He played over in France, lived over in France since he was like 15 years old, U.S. international. He was the pick of the draft. Um, you know, I, I look at salaries too, and he's probably the most expensive player that we picked. He is a guy who, other than goalie, other other than goalie, yeah. He he was a surprising pick because we have a, a player at his position already on our roster, uh, Jacques Klaus, and he's a designated player. So the, the initial thought was, well, there's depth, but he also plays right wing really well. He can slide in in any one of those midfield positions, and that's a theme for a lot of the players that we have. There's versatility galore in our midfield. Uh, I would grade um, Joachini really high on that pick. And the fact that, and he said it, Lutz said it right afterwards, the fact that Orlando left him unprotected was kind of wild uh, because it wasn't like he was costing an arm and a leg. He's very young. He, he's quick. He can get in behind the, behind the defense really well. So I, I don't see a reason why he can't slot in right in that right wing as well. He's also Wait, let, me, let me ask you a quick qualifying question here, though. You're giving out um, um, feedback on these players that perceivably requires watching film do you watch uh, like do, do you, how much how much how much mls do you watch or when you hear about a player coming in do you go and youtube dig and get get some of that to, you know cuz i'm kind of amazed at the <laughs> breadth of knowledge here <laughs> yeah i uh, i i work a desk job so that helps um, so, so wait, wait, no, wait a second. We we will bleep this out. Who do you work for? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not saying that. Um, because are they getting the most out of your time? Yes, they. It's it easy to say they are. Um, I so it's a combination of YouTube and looking up just different articles. So reading, just digesting as much as I can on individual players that you see. The, sure. d- the tough part is going into that expansion draft. They gave you a list. MLS did of all these players who are unprotected, unprotected, but that none of that goes into uh, who's out of contract, who's about to be a free agent. You don't want to pick one of those guys uh, conceivably so because you'll who was loaned to Aston okay. Villa. So, yeah. so, so did yeah. you? So did you guys have your own war room then when you get the list? Did you, did you guys? I, I'm envisioning kind like of. a couple of you guys sit around drinking beer and be like, "You take A through K, I'll take." J through whatever. Not quite that defined, but uh, we had some group chats that were definitely throwing names out, and we had top fives, top tens. Uh, so Flyver Footy and City SC Report collaborated, so like there was 10 guys who put together top 10 lists. Okay. And so uh, I had one right, and it was Nico Joachini. Okay. So you had one out of five right? I had one out of five right. Coincidentally, he's high on that pick too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you look, if, if he puts it in the basket a few times, it'll all pan out proper, right? So um, I think it, it, it's, it's funny because the amount of uh, getting into the weeds that you guys get into really amazes me. And, and what I, where I want to go with this is like, how, how, do you, how, how do you make it or because at some point the team's going to be created, mm-hmm. right? So what's Hopefully. the vision of the city report moving forward? Do you see it as uh, statistical or do you see it as are you really going to try and get to the B side of things? You Slash know? injury report. Yeah, injury or rumors or any, any and all of the above. 
basically everything that exists is the idea. So knowing that, I mean, it's, it's evolved over the past few years where you started with the Academy and you're seeing who, who, who are the rumors of the kids who are signing on with city. And then you see those rosters and then you're following just Academy games. And all of a sudden you're, you're creating a city too, and you're pulling players in that you can review and evaluate from other, other teams like the USL. And then it gets into, uh, into MLS. And so that just explodes it from there. But once you get in season, I think you're looking at the MLS team, you're looking at City 2, you're looking at the academies, you're looking at the U21 team that's over there in UPSL. Yep. There's a lot of just, you can report out on the scores, but that doesn't tell the whole picture to me. You you do want to look at who's in form, who's not. So you can look at stats, who scored a goal, who didn't, whose XG is what. Um, but, but you really want to look at, because players in St. Louis get judged very quickly in every sport. When, <laughs> when you don't produce... As far as like getting hits, getting RBIs, you don't do that. The, the fancy stats, the sexy stats, you're going to get hammered. Right. In soccer, it's a little more difficult because there aren't as many goals. There aren't as many as assists compared to runs. There's or, not a plus minus. Right. They're, exactly. And so you're looking at explaining what XG means, what XA means. So expected all these things. Who should be, if, if luck wasn't a factor, if this wasn't the most amazing save in the world, you know, who's doing well? Who's in form? Yeah. And Part of it is there's a – you guys have probably seen it. There's a lack of, in radio and TV, knowledge being given about these things. There's a lack of discussion about soccer in general compared to a lot of the other sports. Yeah. So we've, we've, we've done our homework, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way of putting this, uh, in listening to uh, not only the radio uh, iterations of soccer content – uh, but a number of the podcasts that have been around for a while and, and the newer iterations. Um, and it's funny because, like, my take on most of those is a little... It's, it, but yeah, yeah, it's cynical. I'm just going to put it out there. It's a little cynical because, I, you know, we have people that are extremely good at baseball talking about soccer. And we have people that uh, have been around the game talking about how many teams are in a division and all these things that is the that, 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 that is the minutia and I think the thing about soccer for me that is the beautiful part of the beautiful game is it's the characters it's the it's the people that are playing the the nuance on the field and the style of play and I I think that you know having more individuals like yourself that like have the knowledge of all the X's and O's you know, uh, but then uh, clearly the passion for the team and the players, I think that's going to be a huge benefit for people that are like growing into the game because a lot of us, uh, you know, old dogs, we've been around the game whole, our whole lives, but it's different now. It's different with this team here. It's changed the landscape. And for yourself, you know, if you were to travel around the country, say, say you went to New York or Chicago or wherever, and you had that, you know, your pullover on with the city with the city emblem on it, and they ask you about soccer in St. Louis. How would you describe it? What would you tell somebody? I would probably use about the word soccer, soccer capital of America, and then I would list the reasons why the 1950 World Cup, SLU's championships, the the history is there. So yeah, there was I don't I won't say a dark period, but there was kind of a gap in high level competition. Like we didn't have a team past the stars for a period of time, and it. It went back to colleges. It went to high schools. It went to the youth. And all of the players that we developed into U.S. national team roles, into soccer executives, into leadership throughout that's naming all the players, the Chris Kleins, the, all of the players and who grew and are now leading U.S. soccer. So right. that 
was what happened while other teams were starting up Major League Soccer. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the pipeline of, um, of high school club produced into blue chip universities around the country um, that have went on to fields of all the fields that you just discussed, I, countless. Well, I saw I saw the tweet today from SLU Soccer. Um, 50 appearances, most ever, in the NCAA tournament. Yep. 50. That's insane. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's just not normal, you know. I mean, you would think uh, ACC teams, I'm sure there's a lot of ACC teams that are probably climbing rather high up that list. Get, but, getting there. But 50. Slew's the top of the pile. Uh, that's just, it's a number that, that, you know, if if you love the game and you're from St. Louis, that should give you immense pride, right? And I think oftentimes from conversations I've had and just from seeing it, St. Louis to some degree just expects that at that level. Mm-hmm. Like we just expect, and obviously Kalish has brought it back to like the oomph degree, but we expect our youth to develop into really strong soccer players that can then go off and, and have success elsewhere. We expect our colleges to have some level of success. Right. But we haven't been able to expect anything beyond that here. And I think that goes to not just re- reinforcing St. Louis as the soccer capital. It's it's keeping all these players here and letting them grow in St. Louis because it's only going to just increase the the passion and the heart they have for St. Louis. Growing up and having success on the youth level and the collegiate level is one thing. When you can actually represent your pro team in the heart of St. Louis and just your entire career can land you here, that's a whole nother level. Yeah. Think about the timeline. Think think this. Think about, I mean, this is all water under the bridge. Think about Taylor Twelman, league MVP, leading scorer. Think if he's playing down the street here uh, on market in his prime before his concussion stuff, and he's not playing for the revolution, but he's playing for City in a in a fictitious world, and he is he was he was groomed at Scott Gallagher. He played baseball. He played for the national team. He went to SLU, um, and then he's then he's leading the league and scoring, and he's the MVP and winning MLS cups. The first St. Louis player that's that. I mean, home run. I mean, just yeah. just fireworks. And honestly, that is one of the the big reasons that we want to cover the academy because you, you mentioned how the radio folks aren't going to get into the, the TV folks aren't going to get into that right. minutia. Somebody needs to. Well, I think here's the thing too. You know what we all know to be true about St. Louis is we love our own. Uh, we yes. love them even more if they win. Uh, you know, and it's also one of those things that there's a certain. Uh, experience that we've all had, whether it's uh, with, uh, it could be with a restaurant or at a concert or whatever, where you're like, I remember when, and you were there. And so with these academy kids now that are legitimately two, three, four, five years away from not only, uh, you know, the, the marquee at the new stadium, but moving into national team camp and the potential of you know, one of our own six three one one nines or local kid that is like checking all of those boxes. That's going to be that, that that'll sell a lot of jerseys. Ugh. And there's no reason to believe that we wouldn't have one of those next year. Whether it's Fritz Vollmer or Caden Glover, both have been named like both yeah. have been named to national team camps. Yeah. Boots has mentioned both of them. Yeah, Caden is uh, he's a man child. <laughs> that kid, that kid is unbelievable. Thank you. So, well, I tell you what we're going to do here. Uh, I'm going to roll us uh, into a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to have a quick wrap-up with you, if you don't mind. You, you cool sticking around? For Absolutely. A little bit more. Um, Jared, thank you for the refill. 
Uh, we're going to hit the pause button, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors. Really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. And it's not the mid-2000s remix. This is the original. The Clash, Straight to Hell. Um, Rolling us back in here on episode 11. Thanks for the correction there, Jared. Keeping me on my toes. Uh, With Matt Baker from Flyover Footy, STL City Report. Um, Father of two, uh, all around. uh, Soccer uh, savant. I gotta be honest, man. I mean, not to toot your horn, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed at uh, how long or how much you know, and how your boss hasn't caught on yet. What do we What do <laughs> oh. we need, real quick? Just two word answer. What do we need um, in either the super draft or through whatever we have international? We need what a center back and a right back. Uh, center defensive mid and a right back. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we have one center defensive mid, Edward Leuven, who's a designated player, so he has high expectations, and we have zero right backs on our roster. Right so now. we need a six, and we need to go sign Reese James. Yes. Hmm. How much would he cost? Or Sergino Dest, <laughs> and just flip him from left to right. Mm. He's played right. Yeah. What What do you have against Chelsea players, man? I just don't like Chelsea. Whatever. We know this. All right, I feel so like wait, I feel like I'm being trolled here to an extent. You you played me in earlier with Glory Tottenham Hotspur. Well, and now you're bringing up Chelsea. It's, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he likes Chelsea. Yeah. I, I hey, look, I'm I've been Chelsea since 1990. Um so and you were an early Chelsea, and I know why. We know the backstory. We don't have enough hours to go that you were there, and they were the nicest people. Let's and just everybody put, let's else. Let's just put it this way: I love them pre-billionaire money. Yep, pre-oligarch before Chelsea was established. Um, well, before we started filling the trophy case repeatedly, which Street um, for a good reason, for a good reason. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing about Chelsea. I mean, let's go ahead. Let, let's shift it up a little bit. We can talk a little global soccer here, EPL in particular. Uh, here's the thing about Chelsea and all those years with billionaire money. If you'll notice, though, the core, the key, the kind of the backbone of that team were English academy players. It, they were players from their academy, the John Terry's and Lampard's. Um, Who's the short nine-mile runner from Africa that plays in? Conte? Yeah, that guy's not from. Uh, he, he no, 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 no. He was he was twenty twelve. <laughs> yeah, right. He you're was right. much later. I'm saying whenever we started to really win, 
there was a core contingency of English players there. And, and really, that's con- continued to this day with Chelsea today. Even if, well, shit, I think we're in like eighth place, something like that. But very, very loyal to the academy. It's, it's, a, it's a New York Yankees model. It really is. Okay. The, the academy is that good. You, you, Mason Mount, Reese James, on and on and on. Right? All right. All so right, I played. I'm trying to I figure play. out who you're trying to endear yourself to compared to, to myself. The Yankees. You know, like, well, they, they, I mean, it, since 2000, they are the winningest team in, in EPL. Can't argue with it. See? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, it, and I know who's not for sure. That would be the Coys. Why the Coys? You know, being a St. Clair. County, Missouri. It's a long. Oh, it's it's a lot of years from the Paul Gascoigne uh, days. Yeah, y- you misunderstand who I am entirely. Uh, like I said, I'm very poor at research, and all I saw was Coys on your profile. There's a G at the end of that one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I don't even know what that means. I need to be educated. I know. I'm sitting here a little. It's a gunner. Oh, uh, so you're a man, you guy. Arsenal. Ar- Arsenal. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, this took a turn. Evening. Yeah, took a turn quickly. Go, now uh, you can go pay our tab. By pre the way. now, just like you, <laughs> let's let's let me justify this here because at this point I need to. Just like you, I was an Arsenal fan pre Stan Kroenke. Not just that, but even if I had been an Arsenal fan when Kroenke took over, Kroenke was owning the Rams when he bought, so it wasn't seen as the worst thing in the world. You know, sure. Rams owner, St. Louis Rams owner, buys Arsenal. Seems like a pretty good deal. It went sour quick. Well, he's, okay, so here... People in London love Stan Kroenke. They hate Stan Kroenke. <laughs> <laughs> My God. No. Yeah, about as much as people in St. Louis love uh, Josh Hawley. I mean, it's right. like, it's fairly comparable. Um, you know, here's, the, here's my take on Arsenal. Uh, I'm neutral. I, I don't hate them. I don't like them. I will say that they were probably a negative one on my overall yeah. balance sheet until I watched um, the Amazon Prime special. So that, good. So uh, that, I hear that is great. I need to watch it. But so and watch the time when Thierry was there. Well, well, okay. So that 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 was the years when he he came on. Those are the years that I was watching it a lot. Yeah. Living up in Chicago, in particular, look, it's it, you can't deny he was. I mean, he was a rainmaker. Oh, he was God. out of this world. Well, he's the reason that I became an Arsenal fan. So I I mentioned growing college, and that's when kind of my fandom really started kicking into gear. I went to college in '04. Okay. So, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So why didn't you? Uh, I mean, '04, you should have been a Chelsea fan. Nope. What did you have? Oh, four. He should have been a Man U fan. <laughs> no, they were '90s. There was the the cute kids in the '90s, and Ronaldo was kind of lame. All right. Yeah. Well, who's your team? Who's your English? I don't team? have a team. That's I, I I forgot, St. Louis City. You hate is my team. <laughs> I can't don't watch, watch soccer. soccer. <laughs> I only like to play it. But I will watch our city team, and I will be at every game. I will be present, and um, I'm excited about them. But I just I don't I can't watch the 90 minute one. Versus one game. That's annoying to me. <laughs> You're one of those guys like uh, do what I say, not what I do, right? Yes, but I love playing. It's the funnest game in the world to play. No well, argument there. So okay, so let let let's um, you know we're talking about English league, talking about watching those games, etc. Uh, Amsterdam Tavern. Obviously, you've been there. Uh, oh yeah, once, maybe twice. Once or twice, maybe <laughs> one or two hundred times a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, World Cup coming up. I will be spending a lot of time there. 
Yeah, so that that's where you know earlier we kind of alluded to, and I, and I uh, embarrassingly admitted that I'm kind of cynical of a lot of the soccer information that is presented over the airwaves. Uh, at, what's your thoughts on the the uh, outpouring, the burst of all of these brand new soccer pubs all getting ready for 17 home games, and what you know, what are they going to do the rest of the year, and why should fans still go to Amsterdam Tavern? Everybody wants their piece of the pie. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, they their city park is doing what everybody wanted it to. Spur growth. Get all these new establishments built up. There's that huge uh, apartment complex, Skyrise, that's going up just a couple blocks away. It's not bad, but is it sustainable is the question. And I, I don't know because Amsterdam right now is our only real soccer bar that we can look to. There's a few other ones um, here and there. Llewellyn's does a decent job. Um, there's the if the game's on at eleven or later, right? Opening early is the key thing. And then, remember the pitch when that was announced? Yeah. Well, that was the big thing everybody kept harping on them for. Is okay? You're saying you're going to show every game. Are you really going to open at six and six thirty on the weekends? Yeah. Or regularly. Yeah. Or if it's an Olympic game or otherwise, and it's a five a.m. start. Right. How know? how dedicated are you going to be? And then even now, I've seen people tell. Well, Amsterdam's second location, are they stretching themselves too thin? They're going to have to compete with all those other areas, like the stadium bar, uh, the Maggie O's who just got renovated, the pitch, all these other places right next to the stadium. So is that area in and of itself just going to be too much? Well, okay, so clearly, you, you know, if, if you're a friend of the show, you know that me and uh, Matt and the team over there were very, very close. I've been there since day one. But I do have a legitimate argument and a theory as to why I think Amsterdam's second location will be successful um, in, in light of what you were just touching on, kind of the saturation issue, yep. et cetera. I think that the simple reason that they've been in business for 14 years and they have that brand and they have that identity they have a built-in audience that spans, I mean, on a given Saturday or Sunday, you know this, if you go there, how many people in there are from Edwardsville or Troy, Illinois? I mean, The destination. People, yeah, people drive a long ways away to go watch their team. If Amsterdam has a second location, how hard is it going to be for them to find customers? Because they already have the customer base. I think there's two things working in their favor. They have the brand loyalty. Yeah. And and not just with the customers that go there, but their customers who go there are willing to go to bat for them. They're willing to go lay down and say, you know, you have to come to this place. Like if the, everybody I've seen so many Facebook posts that have been like, all right, where's the place to watch the World Cup? Yeah. Before and after City made their announcement, but everybody's asking where are the best soccer bars, who's going to be open, who's always going to show them. And it's Amsterdam, like end of story. Yeah, there's other, these other bars, who, and it's right. great that more play, more people are showing games. It's great that well, we're getting more soccer, but it, it's Amsterdam first and foremost. Here, here's where we're going to go with this. So the MLS games are on Wednesdays and Saturdays. has mm -hmm. been public. So the Saturday away game um, during the right time of the year, um, we you mentioned Maggie's, you mentioned the pitch, you mentioned uh, you know Morgan Ford, original location. Mm -hmm. um, this new location for Amsterdam. Here's what we do know. Uh, Maggie's ain't going to be open at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning when the team's not in town. Uh, Amsterdam, uh, on the other side of the complex, will be open at 6 a.m. along with their Morgan Ford. Will the pitch be open? So to, to I think to answer all of our questions is uh, with, the, with the gray area of the pitch and knowing that they're open at Morgan Ford and in this new location on 6 a.m. at Saturday – 
it's going to be shooting fish in a barrel. Well, I think <clears throat> my advice to the other locations would be if you're going to if you're going to get into the game of, of uh, broadcast soccer and bars and liquor sales is the new soccer fan as much as they're banking on the idea of all these new MLS lovers because now we have a team the reality is the money is made on the EPL it is made on La Liga second it's made on international tournaments and all of these are uh, global time zones so if you want to procure a loyal soccer fan base you're you can't lead with MLS uh, scheduling you and hope that you get the other teams or other fans you have to lead with the global teams and make sh- clearly obviously have the MLS games at I, least attract the, the 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 real soccer guy you you or need, girl because without them you're going to get skepticism you're not going to be authentic you're not going to be viewed as authentic but i do wonder if this new apple deal is going to change things a little bit because you're not you're not wondering when mls games are going to be it's not going to be noon on a su- saturday 9 p.m. on a sunday they're not going to be all over the place tuesday wednesday and thursday like you said it's going to be wednesday night sometimes but it's always going to be saturday like i saw a, a uh, graphic that got put out where they're planning on starting coverage at 6 p.m. with a pregame show. Games start at 6.30, and then every hour they're doing waves of games until 9.30. So you're doing, you can have this whip around if you're watching it, but from a bar perspective, like you know that if you go to a bar, a soccer bar on a Saturday night, they should have MLS. Just like you you should know if you go to a soccer bar on a Saturday morning, they're going to have EPL, Bundesliga, La Liga. Then you got to have all the games. Or if you go to <clears> Buffalo to. Wild Wings on Sunday at noon, they have seven games on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, and, and, no different, and, and, and no and, different, and that's the model they built themselves. So the whole point, I think, is the NFL model. Like they and the, it, they're doing the exact same thing with the national broadcasters, like getting rid of all the local broadcasters. It's an NFL model. So a lot of what they're doing is exactly the time frames, the national broadcasters, all this stuff, trying to replicate the success the NFL has, which it's not a bad league to replicate, honestly. Yeah, I mean, every team is worth a billion or more, and you know, it, it is. It's been the powerhouse in uh, d- domestic television value, league value, etc. And it, well, in MLS, really stole a lot of the basic fundamentals: uh, contract ownership, yeah. uh, you know, things like that, in which the league has a finger in literally the majority of every financial transaction that occurs, all the way down to the player level, um, which. You know, that's a whole other topic. Better or worse, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those things that I get it. I know why they do it, so that you can try and keep parity. You know, that's why the NFL's tagline is any given Sunday. You know, because literally year over year over year, you you will see the rotation in quality teams. Clearly, ownership groups and coaching creates certain forms of dynasty or advantages at, at different periods of time. But for the most part, player procurement in the NFL is very rotational. Uh, good to bad. And I think MLS is going to see a lot of that, too. Um, one last question I have regarding MLS in particular compared to global leagues. What do you think about the calendar variation? Because every other league in the world is September through May. We are the opposite. We are March into early November. Does that help or hurt us? I think it hurts being a player in the global transfer market. So being able to buy and sell these players who are operating on completely different clocks, that doesn't do us any favors. And so if we want to really grow, we have to align with where we're trying to buy and sell to and from. 
um, from a popularity in the U.S., I don't think it matters as much as people say it does. You're always going to have competition for eyes. In the summer, you have you have baseball, which is always going to be at the time frame of uh, MLS. But in the fall, you're looking at college football, you're looking at the NFL, the NHL, the NBA. There's a lot more competition for domestic eyeballs in the fall. England the doesn't have that. No. So, so here, here's my only thought on the issue and why, in my opinion, it's always evolved. <clears throat> Out of the gate, I always, I, I believe, day one, we should be in line with European leagues. Sure. But then the reason why was always kind of selfish at first. Like, well, it's obvious because that's what they do, right? <laughs> There's not a lot of uh, technical uh, breakdown there. It was just, let's do what they do. But now, piggybacking on what we were just talking about with these other uh, bars and locations and the television aspect of this, I, I mean... I can't tell you how many days I've spent at Amsterdam where I show up at 6.30 in the morning so I can catch a 7 o'clock game, stick around, I'm going to catch the 10 o'clock game, mm-hmm. and then there might be you know, uh, uh, a noon or a 1 o'clock uh, La Liga game to wrap it up or whatever. I'm three games deep, right? So if MLS is coming into the equation with the potential of a few early afternoon games, you know, think, think, think about the ability to have people there for all the other games, just like NCAA basketball, right? You go, you go camp out. You're gonna, you're gonna watch all day long, back to back to back games, NCAA football, right? So, you know, where, where, where would you go with that? Are you, are you a watcher? Or are you a? Well, <laughs> you I, I, I'm absolutely gonna be a watcher when it comes to the MLS. Um, and, and someone listening could say, is the quality as good as these leagues that you're not watching? I, I'm not going to argue that. Um, I'm going to argue the the team that I'm going to be a fan of, um, that's 35 minutes from my house, that I'm a season ticket holder of, that is going to vie for an MLS Cup. So to answer your question, I would love for the games to be grouped into a, you know, the best thing the NFL did was the Sunday ticket. Is there a bar you go to yeah, that right. doesn't have the ticket? Is there anybody that doesn't want to keep DirecTV if they're a football fan so they can have the ticket? You know, hypothetically, in two, one, three years down the road, if the MLS has seven games on from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock on a Saturday evening and you can buy the ticket, the MLS ticket, I mean, there's three people at this table that will buy that. Yeah. Um, so you could you could air it, and uh, that would be fantastic if that answered the question. Sure. No, I mean, there's no real answer, I think, that – and I think it does, though. It could keep it going, right? From what you just described in the mornings into the afternoon, there may be a small gap. So I don't know how you feel that. But when you get to that five, six o'clock point, you're going straight till midnight on Saturdays. Yeah. So if if and, and if you want to replicate that from the morning, like if you're wanting to show up at night and just, you know, have dinner and have a few drinks, like you can watch two or three games right in a row. Yeah. Same and imagine, exact thing you do in the morning. And imagine in the fall or. Uh early spring where here in our particular logistics you could literally walk down market street and watch every sport <laughs> other than the nfl and nba right you catch a blues game in the afternoon and cards and then mls i mean that's that's a whole other thing but i mean the way that this i'm thing, gonna need a ride <laughs> yeah no i think so <laughs> uber if you're listening we uh a need a sponsor b could use a ride um <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's just really exciting. So, um, 
let's do this. Let's go ahead and give everybody a quick shout out again. Remind everybody the where the, where they can find your pods, title the pods, remind them, tell them, jot it down. Uh, let's get people listening to your uh, knowledge. Go ahead, sure. shoot it off. So uh, first and, and oldest, Flyover Footy, at Flyover Footy on all the socials, Twitter. Uh, we do, when we do our pods, we tend to do um, Twitter lives and YouTube lives. So if you follow us on the socials, when we actually do record, okay. you tend to see us recording. So that's kind of cool. So at Flyover Footy, um, City SC Report, at City SC Report. We have a website, cityscreport.com. Um, pretty straightforward on all those things. Uh, I am at Matt Baker STL everywhere. So if you want to just see what you guys are talking about and my nerdy comments and uh, t- <laughs> tend to tend to go deep on certain things and really like point out some uh, some things I think people should care about. Well, so I was on the ride uh, to drop my son off at uh, training today, and he's like, "So you doing another podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah, we have uh, Matt Baker on runs these podcasts," and I, mean, I said he legitimately knows probably more about. MLS drafts and MLS players, city players in particular, than probably half the staff. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, like all the draft picks and stuff. He's like, well, would he know the fourth round draft pick for Austin two years ago? I said, probably. We'll, we'll find out. I think it was actually Jared Stroud. Yeah, see, look at that. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I know it, that's kind of an easy one I, because we have him now. We traded for him, so. See, that's insane. You, you just totally proved my Rubik's Cube point here. Like, just spin that thing. How, how fast can you solve a Rubik's Cube, by the way? I don't think I've ever solved a Rubik's Cube. Good. Stick to soccer. <laughs> exactly. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I, I know the third round pick in the 2001 NASL draft. Uh, dare I ask? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I don't. Actually, I don't know. It's eluded me. Well, I tell you what. Matt, thank you. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Really encourage everybody that was taking a listen. Give him a follow. Check his uh, check his podcast out. Give him a follow because uh, if you want to learn about what's going on with the team, the academies, etc., you want a cheat sheet, that's your cheat sheet. Uh, if you're a sponsor uh, looking to dig into soccer fans, call us first, then Matt. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate you guys. Have, having a blast with you. Yeah, no. Uh, you, actually, you're welcome on any time because obviously things are going to constantly be tra- uh, transpiring, et cetera, within the soccer scene, uh, not only here but broader. I'd uh, love to keep having you on conversation because, we, do, as you can tell, we are not prepared and we do not do our homework. So... Uh, but it's fun nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It's, you we're, know. we're beacons of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a bright light flashing. People are driving <laughs> up and down all of uh, We're here at Wellspent Brewing. I want to thank them real quick for hosting us again. Uh, dropping off a, a fine free bevy here to check it out. Uh, love their beer. You should check it out. And give us a follow, too. Uh, if you've made it this far, uh, thank you. Um, Jared will wash your car in the spring. Uh, it's, it's snow season. Bikini so. car wash. Yeah, he's, he's good like that. Uh, we're on all, all the typical, usual outlets, Spotify, Apple Pod, etc. Uh, we have enough people now where you can just type in the Soccer Dad Pod and the algorithm will find us. It works. I can attest to it. Ah, look at that. Yeah, and those uh, those kicks sitting on the sideline, those are mine. So feel free to give it a review. Uh, you don't need to listen. Just give us a review. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to roll out. we got a little Black Sabbath changes in the background here. Uh, times are changing, right? It's time for an MLS team uh, this March. Matt, thank you very much. Uh, we'll do this again soon. And.
carpool co-host of the day, Jared Bertrand, as usual. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's and go, Ozzy. We'll see you. <laughs>